Hello and welcome into this week's episode of the Recruiting Blitz. I am Greg Smith, Senior Recruiting Analyst here at Inside Nebraska, and I am joined once again by digital content extraordinaire Jansen Coburn. Jansen, how are you on this fine Sunday? I'm doing well, Greg. How are you? I'm doing good. I'm I'm gonna enjoy watching like NFL football today stress free. Um, the Bears do not play, um, which is always a stressful situation. Win. Except for yeah, they actually won this week. Um, they look like a competent football operation um, this week, so I'm happy. Um, you know who else looks like a competent football operation? Kinda. Uh, Nebraska. Nebraska kinda. got their win. Yeah, kinda. They hey, they got the win. I I joke, but I feel like I've said this like 17 times in uh, on our. Message message board and on Twitter that a win is a win got the win obviously 20 to 7 over Illinois and Champaign on Friday night um it was not always pretty um but at this point which is an understatement I, I don't want to gloss over that that is that's an understatement um but at this point and and we haven't actually talked about this so I'm curious if you agree at this point a win is a win like every win oh, yeah. that they get it, take it like Nebraska's had so few wins over the last like handful of years just take the win like there's no need to nitpick or be picky about it yeah I was definitely going to touch on that later because we got a good mix of uh, team talk and recruiting talk and that's that's been one of the more interesting reactions I've seen from Nebraska mm -hmm. fans is complaining about how the win looks it's like people are forgetting that <laughs> wins have been hard to come by in Lincoln Nebraska for probably five or six years now and not only have they been hard to come, they've been hard to come by against Illinois. They lost three yeah. straight games to Illinois. Like, and it's funny because when I saw this too, and now we're on a rant, and I knew this was going to happen as soon as I started talking about this, is that, you know, I saw people like, oh, it's just Illinois. They're bad, whatever. But who do you think Nebraska's been losing to these years? Like, they've been losing to Illinois and Purdue and Northwestern and, well, Minnesota. I, like, you got to beat those teams before you can holler at Penn State and Ohio State. Greg, I think... Northwestern might be the only team that Nebraska didn't have some form of like a multi-year lose streak to and they snapped Illinois which was the shortest one at three years and if it had extended to four years if you were a freshman four years ago you had a chance of never beating Illinois in your career at Nebraska which is just crazy to that's, think about that's that is that's something right there I'd not out about that that is insane um that's right up there with the you know there's seniors on this team that haven't been to a bowl game at nebraska like those sorts of things and those are some of the other things that you think about as people get nitpicky about a win like nebraska has i think it's the longest inactive bowl streak in power five football right now mm -hmm. um every win is, got there before nebraska did which i did not expect no, no, not at all. But so every win, it, it, you should take it at this point. But we are not here to just to rant about that, um, though. I like it. We'll rant um, some more later. <laughs> we'll rant some it's more coming. later, I'm sure. Yeah, I'm sure. Because I've got I've had this stuff bottled up all weekend. Uh, but what do you got for me recruiting wise? Yeah, uh, well, let's first let's talk about the culture and the sort of buy in rules getting and what he's got at this point we're at the halfway point we've made it to the bye week we talked about last week how good it would be for nebraska if they could get to mm -hmm. 500 and then head into that bye week and build towards the future so what are you seeing from matt rules team thus far as from a culture standpoint and how much of a buy-in he is getting from these guys because by and large this isn't this isn't his roster that he uh, inherited. He didn't go full Deion Sanders mode. So <laughs> this is a lot of Frost players. And yeah, what are you saying? Yeah, I, I think that it's, 
they have bought in, I guess, more than I would have expected. And I think more than I actually, Matt Rule kind of admitted this after the game, is that he's surprised at just how much everyone has bought in. And I think this goes back to something that I know Matt Rule talked about in a press conference, maybe um, over, he was over, either over the summer and spring ball. I know other coaches have talked about it, about this team and the desire that these guys have to actually win and get better. So I think something interesting happened, and this relates actually to what we were just talking about, about that bowl streak and some of these weird long losing streaks against teams is that because they've lost for so long, you might have been at the point to where when Matt Rule walked in and he has kind of a pedigree behind him of turning programs around, they might say, hey, this is really hard and you got me doing these mat drills and we're waking up early and we're going outside in the cold to do all this stuff over the winter. But we better do something different because we haven't won, right? And so I think that that's been that started off as a large part of it, and then you started to get something going on the field, right? So they sit here at three and three right now, and I think that you know the Minnesota game was so defeating in a way, not just because they took the loss, but because they had worked so hard only to lose it the same way. Then you get the Colorado game and then you win a couple, you get your doors blown off by Michigan, which, Hey, by the way, Minnesota did too last night. Mm -hmm. Um, And they're going to do that to a lot of people because they're so good. But the thing that really stood out to me about culture is, is then so Matt rule after that game, what does he do? He makes them go practice on Sunday. And at least publicly, the guys were really like, I don't want to say they, wanted that practice because they all admitted it was ben very scott hard. didn't seem like he wanted it. yeah he didn't want it but they understood the method behind the madness right and then matt rule after the game talked about he he didn't want to say i told you so but he had an i told you so moment about that sunday practice being worth it and i think that tells you everything you need to know and him pushing the right buttons right now and i think that he won't probably admit this publicly but what happened after that michigan loss with that sunday practice being very physical then coming back and basically dominating the game, even with all the mistakes against Illinois, I think that's going to go a long way to also continue to cement the culture. I think they're on their way with how he wants to build this football team. Yeah, I think that one of the big things um, that he's done a good job of accomplishing in a short amount of time is as they're trying to build for the future, they have an identity on both sides of the ball that they can hang their hat on and they can build toward. Mm -hmm. And I think that helps a lot. And, you know, I don't want to, bash on Scott Frost too much but it seemed like during his tenure the defense had a really strong culture and uh, leadership and you could see examples of that like when the defense wanted to continue to play in 2020 and take advantage of that bowl game opportunity and the offense didn't want to but um, now it's it's pretty apparent what they're trying to do both on offense and defense and I think that they've got some pieces on offense that they can kind of hang their hat on like you can build towards the future with Heinrich Harburg and Thomas Fedoni and those guys, and they can be your leaders. And in the past, they didn't really seem to have great leadership on offense. And I think that was part of their issue. And uh, now it's very apparent what they're trying to do. They're trying to be a grounded pound, physical mm-hmm. beat you up offense with some triple option game. And I don't know if they'll do that long-term keeping that option element to their offense, but um yeah, I see what they're trying to do. I think we all see what they're trying to do on offense and um, defense. I mean, that hasn't been an issue since the beginning half of last season. So there's not much more they've got to do to um, continue to build that culture besides maybe get a, a little more of a pass rush and force some more turnovers. <laughs> but yeah, I'm, I'm seeing good things as well. And um, it'll be it'll be more telling what the second half of the season looks like, which is 
I think a good transition because we wanted to talk about um, on-field progress and what we've seen so far from this team. And so I'll ask you first this question, Greg. I think it's an obvious answer, but it's still worth <laughs> talking about. Why is the on-field progress, especially right now, so important for this team and what Matt Rule's doing? Man, it's it's huge. So like it's it's one thing for you to say, hey, just stick with me, trust the process, even though you know you're losing games, trust the process, and we're gonna come out of the other side, right? But it's a whole nother thing when you're actually having some success, and it's really twofold. And then and there are there are both things that you would probably think of. One, it obviously helps the current players on the team, right? Like it helps those guys to continue to get confidence after not having or having so little success here in recent years and now wanting to work so hard. And Matt Rule, again, talks about this all the time about how these guys want to be better and they want to be great. And sometimes that leads to them holding on a little too tight, right? Um, and making those mistakes. It's helping them to free up a little bit and play a little looser. But the other thing, you know, in my wheelhouse here is that it helps with recruiting in a huge way. Like, think about this. So Matt Rule, they have already won more games this year than they did year one at Temple and Baylor combined. I personally think that they're on the road to getting six wins and making a bowl game, which they did obviously did not do at either stop before this. So when Matt Rule then goes on the recruiting trail, him and his staff, and they say, hey, Look at what we did with kind of, and they've they got an interesting story that's starting to build. Hey, you know, it was, they, they won't say it this way, but it wasn't our guys. We're trying to in, kind of in this transition. But, oh, by the way, we had all these injuries and kind of weird things that happened on offense. We also had had a pileup of injuries on defense as well. And obviously we're getting multiple guys ready and we, we can develop you. So they've got a real interesting story. And then you, by the way, go to some guys like Keon Lacey, Ja'Cory Barney, Carter Nelson, guys that are already in the class. And you say, hey, stick with us because obviously we're making progress on the field. We just need you you guys to come in as like these missing pieces that can be sprinkled in. It is, an, and I'm going <laughs> to slow down and say this because I feel like this is something that people don't always think about. Think about every year for like, I don't know, the last seven years of Nebraska football. At some point during this point of the season, people like me are having to go to recruits and say, oh, man, are you guys going to stick with your Nebraska commitment? What other schools are you hearing from? Like, are you really yeah. do you how do you feel about the future? Think about not having to go through that. And it's not that's not about me having to make those calls. That's about actually having recruits that stay excited the entire time about coming into your program. I think that that's a really big deal to start to build toward the future and get some of those additional pieces that Nebraska really needs. That's why winning on the field right now is such a huge deal. Yeah, absolutely. And you talk about how in uh, how the on-field progress is so important for that recruiting. And these players, the recruits, they hear from the coaches and they hear that pitch and everything, but it's also important that the players on the roster are bought into the coaching staff because those recruits talk to those players and yeah, absolutely. they're peer recruiting them as well. So if the players on the team are happy with what, with what is happening from the coaching staff, they're going to say good things to those recruits. Mm -hmm. And that's going to be as just as powerful as hearing it from the coaching staff as to what they are building toward. But all right, we've made it to the bye week um there's a lot of things as we saw from friday night that nebraska needs to fix uh what <laughs> a lot um mm -hmm. what are some of the objectives you foresee the coaching staff kind of honing in on this week and as they kind of look towards the second half of the season 
Yeah, I kind of look at this from both ways. I think that the, you're you're right that there are obviously on the field things that they're going to have to figure out. And really, honestly, it's three things. So like they've got to get some some things cleaned up to figure out like, hey, who are the guys that we're going to be able to roll with in the back half of the season? Um, what's kind of that running back rotation going to look like? Do we continue to run Harburg as much as we are? Like those kind of scheme things on offense in particular, because it feels like the defense is just in such a better place. Um, so there's that component of it so i for that reason i think that they are going to practice some this week um and they, and they do need it like they can't go completely off though there will be significant time in the cold tubs because they also got to get healthy right like they've got yeah. a lot of guys that are kind of banged up or kind of you got some bumps and bruises and you're starting to feel the effects of being a physical football team um and you hope to get some of those guys back full go like a cam linhart who didn't play a ton um on friday night but he did get out there you hope that he can get fully recovered see what's going on with luke reimer um Heinrich harberg had a little bit of a limp after that game so we want to make sure that that's getting all taken care of so getting healthy is another huge component of this because they've got those kind of we're going to term them winnable games um and for the next like month of the yeah, season no that they're really going to have to be you know if they're healthy for they're going to be right there in all those games right it would be kind of surprising if they get blown out in any of them the third thing is obviously as a recruiting podcast is that they need to go out and recruit and they will um, I know that Garrett McGuire is planning to get down in the Dallas area um, as of right of now of recording. I don't know where anyone else is going, but we'll be rounding that information up at Inside Nebraska. Um, and so, but the the I think the big question on where the coaches are going to go for recruiting is what do you do if you're Matt Rule, right? And so we don't, there are not a lot of uncommitted targets for Nebraska that they're pursuing, but the ones that are out there are big, right? So can he make it to Logan like we did to go see Grant mm -hmm. Ricks? Can, do, will he go see get Carter the Husker Nelson? Bundle on the yeah, way out. <laughs> yeah, get that Husker bundle on the way out. Um, I'm sure he'd laugh about that. Um, will he go to Omaha Westside and see Caleb Benning, but also maybe evaluate Anthony Rezac to see what they want to do there? Um, there's a lot that uh, there's a lot of different things that he could do. There's only so much time, um, so that'll be really fascinating to see. But I think they're definitely going to have to get out on the road it wouldn't surprise me if like evan cooper is down in florida um maybe cj Corey barney and some of those guys um willis mcgahee um just to, and i think that i think that going to see their commits i think is a would be a big deal and i again this is tying back to the previous question of why it's so important to those wins when you go into those high schools this week and you're gonna have your chest puffed out a little bit more sitting at three and three than you yeah. would have at two and four had you lost that game in illinois yeah, and I think that was one of the more interesting observations we had watching when you and I would go out to high school games. So far this season, we haven't seen the Nebraska coaches on the sideline at many games. And I think yeah. a big part of that is they're very invested in this season and trying to mm -hmm. get things right early. So um, it'll be good for them to have a chance to go out and see all those recruits over the bye week. And then just if I may, I'd like to go back and talk a little bit more on the team side of mm. things for what's important for them uh, over the bye week. I think at first and foremost, as you mentioned, staying healthy, mm. they are super yeah. banged up, especially on offense. Um, and then I think fine tuning their offense a little bit. We still haven't seen a ton of explosiveness. And I think that's no. something that they will probably try to figure out if they can craft ways to create some more explosive plays and have some game breaking plays on offense. Cause it sure seems like it's lacked so far through the first six games. And then a uh, last point I want to make is 
Um, I don't know what Jeff Sims health is at this point, but I don't think it would hurt if, if he is healthy, if they can find a way to get him some kind of role in the offense, just because of how good of an athlete he is. I know Marcus Satterfield calls it a positionless offense. So if that's actually true, um, if they can find a role for him on the field, uh, we saw Heinrich Harburg play in the Minnesota game at tight end. So Jeff Sims can, catch some speed sweeps or maybe you can give him a end around and then, Oh, he's a quarterback too. So he can throw it on that. Um, right. We'll see what happens there. Maybe they maybe they'll save that for Wisconsin. Yeah, we'll see. <laughs> um, Storylines for the second half of the season. This is our final talking point. And I think it kind of ties in with what they're going to do over the bye week as far mm-hmm. as planning for the rest of the season. Um, just because what they're doing now is going to, be very important for the next six games as they're trying to achieve that objective of getting that magical sixth win and snap the streak of a bull drought. So uh, what are some of the storylines uh, from your perspective as they head into the second half of the year? Yeah, I think that first and foremost, you just you just led me right into it. That drive for six, man, that is that's the biggest thing that we'll be talking about. It will be we'll be talking about that every week um, because it, it's just such a big deal. And it's it's huge for the confidence of the team, the trajectory of the program, those extra bowl practices, um, it just like it, the, the ability to then be able to go recruit off of that because they can legitimately say they're way ahead of schedule from where they were at other stops. Like it, is, it would just be such a big deal and the the way that they would have had to persevere through a rough 0-2 start um would it that it would say a lot about the team and the program um so that's going to be a huge storyline first and foremost spinning off of that I think that to me the the defense and the thing that I keep thinking about the defense is what Matt Rule said and this is stuck with me and I wish and now the next time we talk to Tony White I want to ask him this when Matt Rule stood up there with us and said, I challenge this football team to be a defensive program, and now he's saying that they're starting to embrace that, I want to know how Tony White felt about that and what he kind of said to his guys after that. I assume he embraced it. Um, I want to hear. ask him at a Yeah, like I just totally spaced off on that, and then I thought about it yesterday, and I was like, okay, I'm definitely going to try that. So we'll see when we get to talk to him next. Hopefully he speaks during the bye week. Because – I think that that's a big deal. And that's something that you talked about that identity of the football team and how, you know, we kind of know what they're trying to do on offense. We know what that defense is about right now, but as an overall program, if we can say at the end of this season that Nebraska football is a defensive led program and the identity is when you come to play this team, it's going to be tough for you to move the ball and score points. That's something. And that would be it. I think the people would really rally behind that. I think the fans would love that. I know the complaints on the other side about the offense because everybody wants, you know, the old, like, I don't know, like I'm trying to think of like a, a great offensive team. Like you want Ohio state uh, with like CJ Stroud, but then you also want Georgia um, that they've had with their defense for the last couple of years. doesn't work out that way, especially in the big 10, like teams just don't <laughs> seem to put all of that together, but you can win a lot of football games playing a version of what they've been doing, right? You obviously want to see the mistakes clean up. Um, and I think that's my last point about what a big storyline will be. I don't think this offense is going to magically turn into some high flying like attack. I like that they tried to take a couple shots in the game against Illinois. I want to see those start to develop with Malachi Coleman and Jalen Lloyd. Um, and then Jaden Doss, who also got to play. I'd, I'd like to see that. But what they 
they can do is stop these self-inflicted wounds. If they do that and just stop giving the ball away and turn those turnovers into just punts, like it would be, or field goals in the case of the ones that were in the red zone, they'll be fine down the stretch of the season and they'll get to that six win. So that's the big thing. My big thing for the offense, clean up the penalties, big thing for the def- or the penalties and the turnovers, big thing for the defense in the second half, make this your football program. Yeah, absolutely. Um, I'm curious I'm going to rattle off my two quick uh, storylines for the second half of the season. I'm curious what you think about this. And if you agree, um, I think they're in an interesting situation with their true freshmen right now, because there's been a few guys that have played probably their four games. And I think they're going to have a tough time trying to manage and balance, you know, which freshman true freshmen can help us now that we want to, uh, burn their red shirt and how do we balance doing that mm-hmm. and preserving guys and not hindering their development by taking a year off their eligibility as we try to build toward the future so as they try to as we talked about earlier uh, find ex- ways to be more explosive on offense and kind of open things up but as you just said they don't really need to be super explosive. They just need to hold on to the damn football. And I think yeah. they'll be okay. Most Take of advantage game. of the, the situations they found themselves in. Yeah. But their depth, they are stretched super thin at receiver, even running back now with top two guys out. And then, um, you know, it'll be hard to keep AG and Emmett Johnson healthy even. So where are they if one of those two goes down? So It'll be tough because they've got a lot of true freshmen at running back and receiver, uh, especially. And so um, I'll be interested to see how they manage that and um, what their plan is and how they want to do it, because some of those guys could probably be really good football players for a long time at Nebraska. And their time isn't necessarily now, but they might need them now. So how do you think they'll how do you think they'll manage that? I think that'll be really interesting to see because I think I I think especially at receiver we've cons- we've seen kind of the increased role for say Malachi Coleman and we the one the Michigan game kind of has to get thrown out for various reasons but for one for him in particular is remember he was in the protocol and he the week before that he had played more snaps and then this past week against Illinois he played a bunch of a lot of snaps I forget the exact number Jeff Ekstrom had a story on it um on InsideNebraska.com and so. I think those guys will continue to see snaps, Coleman, Doss, um, and then Jalen Lloyd. So, but at running back, eh, I think it kind of is what it is. I think that Anthony Grant, you're just going to have to hope and pray that he stays healthy. I like what you saw out of Emmett Johnson, though. I think that that's a guy that he clearly has some talent and he did some things, some nice, some nice runs in that he game. Runs hard. Yeah, like he runs hard. And then I think that that's a thing that as a young running back, if you don't do anything else, just run hard and good things will happen for you. Um, but you just got to hold on to the football or I guess catch it or secure it on the handoff. Um, but I think you'll see more of him to kind of split the load or help carry the load with Anthony Grant and mixed in with a little Josh Fleeks uh, because after that, it gets a little dicey. But but in year one, you're down to your fourth running back. Yeah, it should probably get a little dicey around there. But no, I do think that that'll be an interesting storyline. Definitely. All right. That's all we've got for today, Greg. I was going to preview what we've got going on next week as far as going to high school games. But we had to scratch off the calendar. We were going to we were supposed <laughs> to go out to northern Iowa uh, yeah. next week. But after that, my calendar is a little far away, I believe. 
I forget what uh, high school games we're going to, but we're going to some yeah, I more. Too. Well, yeah, we'll be at some more, and we'll see what happens this week um, with the bye. It could we'll see because I have to we have to figure out kind of what's going on, and we've got some some new people popping up because now Eric Ingerson who just got yep. in the class and all of that. So we'll see. Kind of we'll we'll probably be somewhere uh, this Friday. We'll definitely be on the lookout on the insiders board for that information. I'll be um, on but the that look is for some more bratwurst. Yes, we'll be we will be on the hunt for some more brats. We're on a bad streak. Try to get bratwurst at all the games. We do, and we've been on a bad streak of them not having them. So hopefully it pops back up. Uh, But that's going to do it for us this week. Make sure you like this video. Um, Subscribe to the YouTube channel so you can get those videos directly into your feed as well. Uh, Make sure you're subscribed over at Inside Nebraska as well so you can get all of our written content um, as well. All the football team stuff, basketball's coming up, volleyball still undefeated after after taking down Michigan, I think, in a sweep last night. Um, They're looking really good. They're going to win a national title. If they do, it's very, I think I've said this before, if they do, it's very scary for the volleyball world if they do that with all those freshmen because they should probably win two. And I think they've stated that. I think they've actually said that that's their goal is to win two um, as a group. So I think they're on their way, Uh, but we will catch you guys next time.